In this episode, we've got a review of the Biden budget proposal, which when it comes to healthcare cost is basically go big or go home. Depending on the results of what the fiscal battle, which is certain to ensue, it could totally alter the way that people consider retirement. Coming up next. Welcome to the Much More Than Medicare podcast. My name is J.O. I'm the author of Maximize Your Medicare. The official website for the book is www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. Certified financial planner, and I run GH2 Benefits. Today's podcast is not financial advice, never is. In order to give you financial advice, you can certainly just go to the website and fill out the email form. I'll be back with you myself within 24 hours. An easy point out GH2 Unfiltered, it's a separate website, it's a subscription site, www.gh2benefits, that's spelled B-E-N-E-F-I-T-S dot com. I'll send you a copy of Maximize Your Medicare for free, postage included anywhere in the lower 48 states. You know, here in public, I'm not here trying to sell you something or tell you something very, very specific about carriers because I'm highly regulated. And in addition to that, what I can't have is I can't have people listening or pulling my statements out of context, using them, and then we know who's to blame. That would be me. For that information that it's not fit for public consumption, it's www.gh2unfiltered.com. Much like the statements that I make here on the podcast or in other broadcast forms, the reality is, is that a single statement can entirely change the, tra- the trajectory as well as your financial outcomes. There's no real way for me to get around this because of the fact that I can't possibly name every possible single combination or outcome that could possibly result from a choice that you make. That will depend on your personal situation, where you live, your household financial situation to begin with. Again, that's www.gh2unfiltered.com. You can get the book for free. The guts of today has to do with the Biden budget. So this past Friday, uh, just prior to Memorial Day weekend, not surprisingly, is usually a news drop. Sure enough, it came. And let me just try to explain it to you. So the president's healthcare agenda also, you know, tries to include cutting prescription drug costs by having Medicare directly negotiate drug prices, something that it doesn't do right now. It is something that the VA does right now, which kind of explains why People who are on VA choose to get their medications through the VA. Uh, In addition to that, they want to reduce deductible for ACA marketplace plans. They want to improve Medicare benefits by including dental, vision, and hearing benefits. And they want to create a public option and giving for people who are not able to access individual health insurance. We'll talk about that, you know, in some detail coming up. Lastly, lowering the 
Medicare eligibility age from 65 to 60 is a big one, obviously, because there is about 24.5 million people, none of which who know anything about Medicare. The candid reality is in all my speaking around the country and in different locations on different media, I can tell you that the 63 million people currently on Medicare don't understand Medicare. The 24.5, I think, is a number that I've read in the past of those persons who would become immediately eligible for Medicare is, oh, about 24.5 million. I can't stress this enough. You know, it's an unfortunate fact of our society, but it is the society that we have, which is that people want to have a soundbite, a single podcast, a single YouTube video, a single broadcast of some sort, and just get the easy answer. Yes, is an easy answer there for someone who's 64.9 years old, a female or a male living by themselves at $35,000 a year, then of course, can you click around a couple of times and you know follow the message of Maximize Your Medicare and get to the answer unassisted? The answer is very likely yes. However, that, <laughs> that kind of case is, you know what, one out of 50? The reality is, is that there's usually some twist, there's usually some variation to that easiest theme, which does require some nuance, which does require some nuanced information to get you the best possible combination for yourself. One that will last, or an approach, a strategy that will last from the time you turn 65 for decades. The reality is, is Maximize Your Medicare in all its iterations provides that approach way of thinking so that when changes come to Medicare, which are inevitable, that you'll be prepared on how to think about it. You could easily say, okay, well, Jay, this sounds like just a big plug for the book, but the most important takeaway from the book is stated right up in front, which is that you know part of the misunderstanding about the way that health insurance works is people think that health care is the same as health insurance. No, they're not the same. But also that specific to Medicare, the terminology used in Medicare may look the same or similar to that of health insurance that you've encountered in the past. It works differently. Its movements, its mechanisms are different. Part A, Part B, Part D, Medicare Advantage, Medigap, these are all different than the shared language of deductible and out-of-pocket maximum copay coinsurance. So people have the wrong impression here, right from the beginning, which is they say, okay, well, I recognize these terms from my employer-sponsored plan. And so I'm just going to be able to port over my information and everything else will fall into place. That is not at all what I am saying. In fact, what I'm saying is, yeah, the, those terminologies, meaning those terminologies, I don't think that's a correct phrase. Anyway, you know, copay, deductible, coinsurance, these are shared terms. However, the mechanism of way that individual health insurance, employer-sponsored health insurance versus Medicare, Medicare Advantage, Medigap work, Part D works, these are not the same at all. It's a new language. 
that you need to learn. And this is kind of a key takeaway and the reason that I've slowed up here and why I've like talked about the book because the book is there to be in a consolidated way so that you can grasp the gravity, the fact that the mechanisms are different and as these are not necessarily negative because reality is the contracts are superior to that of the individual health insurance market. The contracts, I didn't say price because Biden care has changed the balance, but what I am saying though is that the contracts themselves are superior under Medicare if you understand what you are doing. What I'm going to discuss now is the public option. So the public option is something where the federal government provides a backstop, a backstop of insurance that people who are uninsured can still access at a favored price. Let's first talk about what I'm not going to talk about. Okay. And that sounds like a contradiction in and of itself. What I'm not about to embark on is a political debate. I'm not interested in your bipartisan views, philosophy of government views, etc., etc. I'm not trying to resolve that. I'm not trying to resolve the fragments that exist in our society. Guess why? Because I could talk about it for, for like 100 hours. We're still not getting any resolution. I'm still not going to change a single mind. I'm just going to talk about what is practically possible, and you can hear my skepticism already. And there it is right out stated for you, which is you can count me in the very, very skeptical column and not necessarily due to political reasons and political differences, right? I think that we're going to have that, and but this is not the place, again, for that discussion for that, you can watch C-SPAN, okay? You're going to see a lot of back and forth. We can't afford this. How's it going to work, et cetera, et cetera. I'm actually here about how it's going to work, whether or not it is even practical to implement and who is going to like it or who's going to not like it, okay? And the fact of the matter is that the stakeholders in our healthcare system in the United States are enormous. They're enormous, right? Physicians, doctors, insurance companies, pharmaceuticals, those four, each one of them, enormous as a standalone item. Now, in order to adopt a public option, to have the government be the provider of insurance, we don't have enough details about the way you could actually implement the thing, right? A couple of years ago when the Democratic nomination was up for grabs, uh, I spent a fair number of hours on the radio being interviewed about you know, what the different platforms look to be. Public option was one of those amongst the debate under the health insurance debate amongst the political party at the time. My point here is was at that time was to explain how it actually work or what it's actually even means. And I've described it already in this segment. The question is, however, is we have not seen, or the issue here is that we have not seen a template, the ideas of the practical ideas of how you would implement this. 
there are a few different possible you know ways that this could go right for example there are methods by which the government can put this out to bid to private insurance companies and the private insurance company administers the public option that is the probably the cleanest fastest way to get it up and going so you simply set the insurance companies against each other put them up for bid and say we're going to pay x dollars and show me your public option plans for a particular location that is possible okay that is possible so as far as actually setting up the plan i'm not negative in the sense of its ability to do so and you could from that part of the insurance company be get you know buy-in from a big stakeholder so the insurance company for me is going to be of two minds first of all they're not going to want to have the public option because you know it's going to crimp on their other business right i think that that's very clear it's going to it's going to take away from their individual health insurance market share that said it's going to replace it with possible new enrollees into public options so when push comes to shove insurance companies main role here is as is always is to receive premium they're probably on board they're probably on board that is entirely different from the healthcare provider system however and so let's just call about doctors hospitals here however you know i think it's just very very clear which is that on one hand you'll have uninsured people being insured which will be a net plus the problem is that there's going to be a big net minus which is you are going to have the government dictating price so fine right remember i said that the government offers out the public option via bid to insurance companies that's possible that said the insurance companies are going to in turn saying okay we got this fixed budget and that means that we're going to be able to pay the doctors x we're going to be able to pay the doctors y for their services that x and y is very very likely to be dramatically lower than the group health insurance market or the individual health insurance market and that difference to doctors and hospitals here can be enormous and can result in their protest vehement protest not just protest not just quibbling but where they're saying this totally is completely unviable we completely object which is of course a problem right they are not trivial stakeholders in the equation you can read headlines about how rural hospitals are having difficulty currently under the current balance just because of the fact that medicare pays so much less than individual health insurance and employer-sponsored health insurance so if you multiply that by many times by having this public option you can see it's not you don't need a crystal ball in order to predict what their pushback is going to be so for me in conclusion that's kind of the way this battle is going to sh shape up right that even if you get across the 
incredible fragmentation, political fragmentation about whether or not this should, whether the country can afford it, whether it's fiscally responsible, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not even going to try to settle that one or to predict where the political football will end, you know, what the field position of that football will be. What I can do is you can use your common sense to understand why you're going to see sound bites from different enormous stakeholders, uh, which will vary wildly from location to location, from, you know, groups of doctors. There's going to be groups of doctors who say, okay, this is still better. This is still better. There are going to be other groups of doctors who say, no, you know, we already, you know, are running, you know, uh, negative profits or, you know, we're already losing money, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have hospitals in different locations having different statements. You're going to have a ton of different, you know, points and counterpoints. And the amount of crossfire on this topic alone is going to be enormous. So as a result of that, for me, for now, that while I can understand how the mechanism could possibly be established, that is very different from having all of the very important stakeholders buying in to a public option plan. The last segments are to the augmentation of Medicare. Um, and, you know, I started this by just lowering the eligibility age because I wanted to keep that as a separate topic because this becomes the eye opener for those persons who are considering retirement those persons who are between the ages of 60 and 65, you can see quickly the ramifications, meaning that somebody who's 67 with a 62-year-old spouse, sometimes they continue to work in order to access health insurance for the 62-year-old under an employer-sponsored plan. Now, all of a sudden, that 62-year-old spouse can be eligible for Medicare. Again, the trajectory, totally different for retirement. We'll be having a lot of highly detailed material up on GH2 unfiltered surrounding that because it is so complicated because this number of inputs from household to household is basically uncountable. That said that there are some other elements to Medicare which are looking for enhancements that uh, the president has proposed and here are a few. First one in most notably to persons is the idea that the prescription drug plans for Part D that the Medicare system would be able to negotiate directly with the pharmaceutical in order to negotiate the discounts. Now, this is pretty important because of the fact that you know we do have a precedent for it. It can be implemented, although the pharmaceuticals are going to not like it, which is that currently... Veterans Administration negotiates drug prices directly with the pharmaceuticals separate from the Medicare system. You can ask me why, and the simple reason is that the pot of money from the federal government is different, meaning that the pot of money that funds the Veterans Administration is a separate line item, a separate budgetary line item from that funding Medicare. So that's it on prescription drug. In addition to that, the president has also suggested that dental, vision, hearing be included inside of Medicare. Now, this is, you know, probably more problems or more challenges than you might think, 
which is that these providers, generally speaking, on an overall basis, have not really run under the umbrella of Medicare, and particularly dental, particularly dental. Eyes can be, right, meaning that if you're uh, nearsighted or if you have glaucoma, for example, this is a medical issue. However, if you're just simply nearsighted because you have bad DNA, like I do, then it is not currently under Medicare, and as a result, the doctors have not had to deal with Medicare in this way, but for example, if you're an optometrist or something like that, in other words, the exposure to Medicare, the exposure to Medicare Advantage is somewhat limited by those who treat you know, vision. That is doubly the case when dealing with dental and hearing, right? In other words, for example, right now, original Medicare does not cover hearing aids. So as a result, the audiologists don't have to be under requirement to, you know, accept Medicare, to have, to understand which Medicare Advantage plans to be signed up for, et cetera, et cetera. It's usually they're compensated through some kind of like voucher system, which is very different than the payouts for insurance. And in which case, you're talking about, while it's this is, goes under the label of, yes, it sounds nice. It does sound nice because these are clear places where Medicare beneficiaries are not covered. That said, implementing it is another matter entirely. We've yet, it's still too early to tell how that shakes out meaning that do I think that there are going to be insurance companies who will put their hands up because they already have the infrastructure built? Yes, absolutely the case. You know, some of the largest carriers for Medicare Advantage, for example, have their own dental and vision plans. They'll be able to attach easily. They are probably going to want it. But then the issue is that they're going to be all these other dental and vision plan providers that don't deal with Medicare at, almost at all, they are in the danger of being left out in the dark. They are in the danger of being left out. Yeah, I guess that's right. So anyway, my, you can see my point here is that if you just simply use your common sense and just say, okay, where you stand depends on where you sit, you'll be able to understand why I'm saying that implementing, implementing, these changes, these enhancements to Medicare will need some amount of details in order for me to have an idea of whether or not it's probable, it's likely to be adopted, how specific it's going to be, and how it'll fit inside of Medicare. That is still remain to be seen. You can see what has happened. The pandemic has just added fuel. It has been a catalyst to the attention to these reforms which were going to be coming down the pike. Let's stop it here before we're going out down a wormhole that we cannot get out of. Don't forget, MaximizeYourMedicare.com is the central place for the book. GH2Unfiltered.com is the subscription site where you can get a free copy of Maximize Your Medicare. I'll pay for postage within the lower 48. I'm Just Jay. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to give the podcast, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 
You can also subscribe not only on Apple, but also on Spotify, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Speak with you next time.